Welcome to the Three Points of Articulation podcast. My name is Jamie Wills, and I'm joined as per normal by Dan Bassett. Dan, how are you doing? Good. You could happy, happy half term week. See my UK friends. I think it's midterm break. We call it here. Um. So yeah, that's, and a that's... bank holiday over there, I believe. It is a bank holiday. It's been very bank holiday vibes over at my parents' house, having an old argument, thinking. You know, after listening to you for the last few weeks, they're not that crazy. No. <laughs> the of a wank holiday in my mum's house. Uh, we're joined this week by um, Callum from CMW, uh, who does a lot of the paint work uh, for, for Epic. I will say a lot. All the paint work for, for Epic. Is that just you summed up in a, in a sentence there, Callum? That is literally all I do is when Luke wants a new prototype done, he wheels me out of a wardrobe, sits me on my desk, tells me to paint, and then puts me back when I'm done. That is literally all you need to know about me. You're like a, like an English Bob Ross. Ah, coincidentally, it's my favourite thing to paint along to. I mean, people think I tend to joke about that, but there's nothing more peaceful than Bob Ross, especially when you're pulling your hair out painting. Exactly, and, and I'm a happy accident myself, so everyone works out well. Um, catch uh, up. That was... Better than I had any right to be the two right one. <laughs> <laughs> We're just having a conversation. This is a conversation pointer. Uh, speaking <laughs> of pointers, um, the pointies are starting soon, Dan. We've actually got a very catchy theme tune for the for the pointies, which uh, I think I sent you earlier. Can you don't know what it is? But I'm going to play it now for the listeners at home. It's the pointies. Yeah, it's the pointies. So little time, a new reveal can stop me on a dime. I'm a lover of every kind. The best new figures always sneak up from behind. It's the pointies. Yeah, it's the pointies. It's the pointies. And there it was. Wasn't that delightful? I'm an ass man indeed. Um, <laughs> um, the point is to start submission which is basically a end of the year figure awards, which everyone gets to vote on to see what the best figure of 2023 is. Wait, spoiler, spoiler alert, it's not going to be Larry Zabisco. What do you want, Dan? You just said everyone gets to vote on. That's the whole, there'd be a big issue if everybody got to vote on this because it would just get hijacked and Bodie McFuckface or Larry might win, and then we're like, oh, here's the awards, Sal. And he'll be like, oh, I won all the awards. The roadblock's definitely going to win. The detail on the face was second to none. <laughs> it was second to all. <laughs> I think it would be uh, the fucking job job looking thing. But um, we've got categories to stop that from happening, as Dan mentioned, so people can't add on Boat McBo's face. Um, but I mean, I'm about to include a rush toy in there because I want everyone to be represented. So um, looking at this. You're the kind of person that gives the awards out just for taking part and exactly why competition is dying in this world. That's, that's me. 
Make sure you vote for the uh, the pointies. Uh, Most which... improved player. Yeah. <laughs> Small player with the longest shoelaces. I- Irish 3PLA host of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I could be in for a running of this now just for my one guest appearance. Yeah. It's... Yeah, no, I saw your surname. Fuck it. <laughs> a two-horse race. I'm about as Irish as... Haggis, or um... you are you are as ugly enough to be one of us. You got to get that checked into. I'm pale enough, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so the categories are Mattel Elite and Ultimate Edition. They get their own category because there's fucking loads of them. AW Jazzwares also in a category. Mattel Retro Superstars or other. I'm not sure the other could be anything they want it to be really. Zombie Sailor gets his own category because he's released something finally. Rubber and vinyl, meaning Bendy's Big Rubber Guy's Total Debacle, which could describe once again an upcoming category. And Funko Pop, uh, Crapplers and Gimmicks, which we'll come to a bit later on in the show without me stuttering. Epic Toys, which once again we'll come to later because they're our sponsor. And Other, which basically means Foco, Wrestling Something Wrestlers, Bone Crushing Wrestlers, Power Town, any sort of buddies that release Super 7, FTC, and Rush. Excuse me. Hello. Boss Fight Studio needs to be mentioned in that oh, other. They will be in the other. I like to fly the flag for Boss Fight because I think they're generally one of the most underrated figures released this year. So I would like to make sure you make note of those, please. I, I, Don't worry. It'll be I in the other. That, and I think that Grapplers and Gimmicks hasn't uh, released enough figures to have its own category. Uh. uh <laughs> It depends, really, Daniel. They've released enough over £100 per figure to be in their own category. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think my, my, my feeling was if you get your own category, if you have six or more figures released, lovely stuff. And also the rules are that as long as the figure is in hand when the category goes up on the Facebook page, then you can count a figure. If it's not in hand yet, in, in a normal person's hand, then you don't get to be an entered boy. As opposed to what? Like a mentalist's hand? No, that's not where I was going, really. Um, I'm honest. It was more not an influencer. Yeah, no, no, that, that's bullshit. And actually, we will never, ever, ever get sent anything by anyone because of our behavior, but that's fun, too. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Um, it's good to be honest. Yeah, No, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather get nothing off anyone than, like, the state of some of the influencers. No offense to them. I'm sure they're nice people, but fuck off. My thing, my thing with influencing, right? It's the same as food critics. At the end of the day, your opinion only goes so far, right? Everyone's got a different opinion. If you're really in that way inclined to sit there and think someone's opi- opinion on an action figure is golden, you don't go and buy it because of that. Like, surely you're in the wrong hobby, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. Um, not often yeah. the case. Likewise, for the other way, someone could sit there and tell you to win the blue in the face that a figure is good. But if you hear that one person that says it's not, and you go, oh, well, I trust that one person, you know, just fucking go look at yourself. We, we saw it fail with the nitro stage, like the influence in bollocksology. Right. Well, I was listening to a um, podcast the other week. I won't mention a name because I don't think it's fair. It wasn't great. Um, but they were saying about the um, nitro stage, and they said, oh, it's the different podcasters and different shows and stuff tried to sell as much as possible, but we failed. And so you didn't fail, did you? Like you just didn't just didn't get funded. It wasn't a joint effort from the rest of the figure Avengers, was it? 
Yeah, you don't work for Mattel. Stop being a big fucking yeah. dickhead. <laughs> no, no, saying that, Steve O's is welcome on the show anytime he wants. Anytime he wants. And I thought it was amazing. The price was the only failure. I really did. I loved it. I love, love, All right, love. Bum him, bum him now, as, as a WCW fanboy, like this whole bookcase behind me is a full WCW. Like that was what I was raised and on. It's, it's one of the saddest things, I think, as a collector that I will never be able to get my hands on. You know, there's many arguments that the figure selection was poor, the price point, blah, blah, blah. They should have put every figure in differences right the the product was great the figures were great i am a strong believer that international got done over because they tried to put the price up far too much for us which just tipped too many people over the edge there are so many crowd funds that have been backed since this point to prove that people are willing to pay that price point right it just was greed at the end of the day in my opinion I, th- I think if I was sitting in the United States, I may well have opened the wallet. And actually, I was paying the same as them, but the same as you guys, because it would have been 100 quid customs. Um, so I think they were factoring in customs. It's hard to know like what, what the top, but even with customs, it was still like a little bit of fat for exchange rates. They'll try and fucking bamboozle you with that bollocks allergy. They, they were ripping you off for 40 quid for a laugh mm. as well. So delivery drivers got to have a meal deal on the way he's dropping it off to you, mate. They got to pay for that. <laughs> they got to buy pay for some potatoes. I think the other thing is perceived value, right? And tangent and sorry, boys, you'll learn. I end up going on stories and I'll go on, on tangent. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we'll never get from A to B. We're gonna go from A to C to Z. But I think the other problem we had was you the last crowdfund was 250 pounds and it got to every tier right and people perceived the 250 value as being the three figures the ring the stage and everything like that forgetting that the original offering was ring stage two figures right so then as more people backed it you got more for the, the more price so people were looking at what Mattel were offering the four, five figures or whatever the stage and be like well that should be 250 well we're in a more expensive time for one and really do you really believe that the value of what we've got for the ring and stuff like that is the same as what you would have got for the nitro stage. Do you know what I mean? So the problem they've almost the success of the last one shot them in the in the foot this time round for price. Was I, um I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Was it wasn't it the the stage the ring and one figure wasn't doink and unlockable? No. Oh, he was. You're right. Yeah. Apologies. You are correct. Diesel so, come with it. So that was the original offering, right? Yes, yeah. So, but because we unlocked what it is. Yeah, you think 250 should get you most of that stuff. And to be honest, when you look at it, and even looking at production costs, and I know a ring is dear, and I know uh, economies of scale exist and all that, they tried it with with it. I know it's a more expensive time. 300 pounds, I think, no problem. No problem. I think they tried it. Electrics, though, there's a lot more like electrical wiring and things like that. I mean, look, my previous position was working within toys right and we saw production costs costs going up for shipping costs and everything it just all kind of and these were big items right the, this stage you saw it that thing was yeah. i wouldn't have even known where i was going to put that thing i just know i needed it in my life if i just had that sat in, in a the box shower pulled it out, yeah. yeah pulled it out like a christmas tree every year set it up for like an hour and dance sting down the ramp playing his music on my phone like i was 10 years old again do you know what i mean that that i was happy with that but that just gave me goosebumps. That's exactly what I would have done with the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, like my 
we, we're going to talk about toys and reasons for like I'll never forget one of the best presents I got for Christmas was that Toy Biz WCW Arena, right? I had no idea it came out. It was on the best time of being a kid. You didn't have the internet to spoil everything. You didn't know six years in advance what was coming out and you had to prototype or whatever. You literally would either just go to the toy shop, Woolworths, and it would be there, or you'd get it as a gift. And I'll never forget opening this packet and just seeing... Like it, it was a shit arena. It, it had oh, nothing. I, I, it like I had it as well. It's great with the a sponge, the sponge middle. Yeah, and yeah. that was it. You could press the back, and I tell you what, the imagination you had that, and you'd stick the figure on the the little stand, and you'd twist it, and it'd walk down the stage. Like I wanted that on steroids when we got this stage, right? I I was gonna get the Eric Bishop. I don't need a ring. I've got umpteen rings that are sat boxed up again, not doing anything that will never see the light of day. But I needed that nitro ring and I needed that nitro stage. And and it was just it was like having my childhood snatched away from me. It's like the Christmas gift you wanted to have and circled in the Argos catalogue and will never get. Look, the year my mum left. Um yeah, I think the um <laughs> I should have used you as an influence, that'd have been easy, wouldn't it? But yeah, that, that Nitro stage, I think we'll give special props to. I think we've seen it. Uh, Jolly Flashback, he does the podcast with us. He bought one recently for like 100 quid box. Um, honestly, like, mm. I think because I remember having it as a kid, but there were so many bits that either I didn't put on it to start with or didn't know where it went. So like, I just randomly find a WCW sign in like a toy box somewhere and that little, the little stage thing where you, you know, just you twist it and they go down the ramp. Like that would just randomly end up somewhere else. And then that ring was just lovely. The rope you could hook Sting to, and he'd come down yeah. from the rafters. The little cat, you know, like it just it, it was everything. As as a nostalgic kid, and let's be honest, I think we're all a similar age. I'm 33 years old, right? We are the peak nostalgia years, right? <laughs> everything. Stop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 the target audience when you think about this, right? It's everything you want these days are the things that give you that nostalgia hit from when you were a kid. It's that little piece of of childhood glee, right? And Man, I I never wanted something, I, and I was I was begrudging against the price. And, and me and you have talked about FOMO before, about different things and figures. And I've just I wanted that, and I was like, not going to get it, not going to get it, not going to get it. And then I was like, I've got to get it because I couldn't imagine if that had backed and I mm. didn't open it when everyone else opened it. Yeah, that would have just been the end of it for me. Oh yeah, know? no, I I sit here and I I make fun of Mitch overcharging for his figures, and I was literally going to buy one the week before, but until I saw the lash back. And my brain was like, "Well, the lashback, the lashback, oh, so... or the backlash." <laughs> the Irish way of backlash. Um, and 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 it's not just me being a politician sticking my finger out in the air and seeing what's the way. I was like, people are pissed off with this, and it shouldn't be okay. You know, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I don't collect retro figures, right? I mean, I'm a firm believer of buy what you want. Value is perceived by the purchaser, right? There are figures i would look at that i wouldn't spend the money on but there are figures that i probably bought at x amount of value that people will look at but why did you spend so much on a figure right i'm cool with people spending what they money what i'm not kind of comfortable with and again it's my own opinion right i wouldn't put this on anyone is people accepting someone going right here's something that's been produced in the exact same costs as the last line but because i'm putting a perceived rarity on it that you are now eligible to buy it at triple the cost yeah we've very vocal about that um recently because we know we also we funded variants ourselves we funded the jury ones so we know roughly from that side of things how much they cost um from the factory and then the same cost that the normal jury variants cost which might have gone up but let's be honest it cost us what was 11 pound a figure 
Yeah. Um, we sold them at 22, uh, I think. Yeah, 22 quid. So we made double double the money on them per one. Um, split we're, 15 we're minutes. Not, we're, not, we're not a business. We're not over not a business. Yeah, is that okay. well, well, neither are these. But <laughs> For people listening, they're currently wiping their brows with 50 pound notes, except for Daniel, who's using a 50 euro from all yeah. the money they made from their joeys. Uh, it's all back in the... You bought figures with it to put up your bum. Why are you lying? I've also bought figures with it to put up my bum. But Uh, I'm also sure you didn't do a run of a thousand of those. Of no, there there were a hundred, hundred, right, hundred per one. So that's what um, I'm saying. So knowing MOQs, I'm willing to bet certain places are probably doing easily between five hundred to a thousand to to be able to tick it, and those hundred and fifty is probably making up the same amount of money as them selling. 450 500 of whatever the difference is you know there's yeah yeah it's a big 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 um big money to be made in it not from the um the widow of said wrestlers but you know who are we to judge what they but pay so, their time so i believe so so goes the rumor so goes the rumor that um but we started we've started this yeah. said we started this porno with anal first we've gone straight into the meat of it um should we crack on with the news first boys It's just some sexy boys, talking about some new toys. It's just some sexy boys, talking about some new toys. Check these things out, girls. Hands on the merchandise. Let's just do it. Why not? No time like the present. And let's start with Zombie Sailor on his Black Friday Andre the Giant in his black strap. Which, um, because we're we're born on a different bit of rock to him, we're not allowed just yet. We've got to wait. Are you really not? No, it's no. America only. Does it say that on the leaflet, Dan? Uh, for US and Canada orders only. International orders available at a later date. America. Yeah. Hang on. Did he put the same leaflet to notice this in the international orders? It's almost like he's playing a game of bullseye and here's what you could have won. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I he also, he also filled out my customs form wrong and I had to pay for it like it was a scooter and I was putting off money for me not to send it back to him. Um, but it's a bit of fucking fortune on customs, so there you go. Good, I'll teach you for buying them. What did you, what did you get from the... I got series two and I opened it up today. And let's be honest and let's be fair, I was fucking blown away by them. For all his bad bedside manner, for all his delays, for all his uh, Americana flag wanking, the figures are class, really and truly. Good. They look it. Um, people say that Ravens this, Ravens that. Um, I think it looks great. I think if you display it as, well, you're a fanboy, Callum, you know what? Big fan of Raven, I assume, being WSW. So, and that's you know, I've just mentioned not getting retros. Apologies for jumping in, but. Again, we talk about not wanting to support and stuff like that. That's exactly what I, you know, I didn't want to, I don't want to put my money in his pocket, but I will happily buy that off someone second nature to almost fund them indirectly funding him, a bit like the cartel. But, um, <laughs> it's fun. You know, it's, it's fun if, uh, yeah, you keep your hands clean. But it, that, that Raven for me, like, is exactly FOMO 101, right? You know, yep. I, I saw it. Like I say, I can leave retros, but there was just something about that figure that, you know, when you look at the jacket, you look at the shirt design, it's done well. And I can, I know some people would look at that and not think it's a retro with the added joint stuff, but as somebody who doesn't collect them, I just think it's a badass Raven figure and I can take it for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't. I only opened Bruiser Brody uh, today. I'll open the rest either tonight or during the week, and I'll actually film it for us. Got some content, Jamie. Um, about fucking time, Dan. I bet I you pulled your myself. pulled your finger out. Yeah, I will touch myself if you like so, to. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we we can't buy the Andre. We've got to wait until it's our turn. I have a US postal address. I will try to buy the Andre. He'll find it and he will come for you. I was going to say that I'm pretty sure he would send out someone to take you down. Yeah, he found out it was forwarded on. It blows up in the post, like a shit version of Taken. It's, it's such a juxtaposition. Now his behaviour in general has improved over the last year, as in he stayed fucking quiet. Like, and um, you know, we'll get, we'll get we'll get a phone call from him, and he'll be like, "I don't have money. What I do have is a particular set of skills." Yeah, and yeah. you have nothing to do apart from just. Just, just pay the man, really. He'll give his daughter back. I don't know where he took her in the first place. Or or pay the wrong customs. Or pay the wrong customs, yeah. <laughs> take it, Taken the piss. Interesting fact, my missus thought that Tekken was a Japanese version of Taken. What, and Heihachi Mishima was like Liam Neeson? I, yeah, I walked past like an Asda, and she was like, oh, Tekken, is that Japanese Taken? I went, no. But it kind of is. Well, it's not, is it? Yoshimitsu isn't... Yeah, but June, 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 and Jin and and, and Kazuya, there's oh, there's an odd kind of kind of it's not too. I didn't know there was a man with a tiger head in Taken. I must have seen yeah. the wrong film. <laughs> That's Taken Two. Taken yeah. Two. Taken to the Zoo. You know, fun fact: Nina and Anna Williams are Irish. It's yeah. There you go. Oh, well, the least the least popular character. Um, character you definitely <laughs> whacked it over. No comment. Uh, <laughs> Who did you say, Lada Williams? Is she a... Tina and Anna Williams are Irish? Oh, I've no idea who they are. No, we need. Okay, sorry. Never the really listen, just... Keen? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> the listeners are probably going to pull over and pull themselves off in their cars thinking about me. Thinking of thinking of them from. I'm taking. Um, I used to have a friend that we used to call Roy Keane. He used to work in a. It's like a friend of a friend. He used to work in a hotel. Um, it's called Roy. Funny enough, but um, so like it was like I had a group of friends, and he was like one of their friends from school. He used to come out with us like every six months or so, and he just used to tell the most just stories that just didn't happen. Just just never happened ever. But so he used to work in. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's this place. It's this hotel in Slough. It's um. What's it called? Stoke Poges Hotel. It's called. No, it's like by Waxham Park Hospital. Relevant to you, Dad. Oh, I think but, I might know that. Yeah, so he used to work in there. And um, so he turned up and was like, oh, uh, just I've got Rihanna staying at the uh, the hotel with Chris Brown. This was like back 2011, whenever it was. He was like, oh, yeah, Rihanna and Chris Brown are stayed. We're like, all right. We're probably not, but we'll, just, we'll, 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 we'll humor you. So, um, He's like, oh yeah, she phoned up a uh, a room service to the room. And he's like, I'm food and beverage manager, so I have to take it up. We're like, oh okay. So he was like, I brought up to the room, knocked on the door, and Rihanna, Chris Brown, I think, was in the shower. Rihanna's there with a dressing gown on. Um, that's all she was wearing a dressing gown. I guess and she just got out of the shower. Really sure he was. And he's like, uh, gave her the food. She said, oh thanks very much. And she's like, I'll just get you, uh, just get you some money. So she's just turned around. And apparently she's bent over, not wearing any pants. And he said, I've seen everything. I've seen absolutely everything on Rihanna. She's turned around to give me a five. And I said, no, no, that was tip enough. 
and I left. I was like, it just didn't happen, that did it? No, it just didn't happen. That that's tip enough, is what you said to Rihanna. With a oh. finger click and a wink. Yeah, that is tip enough. Because Chris Brown wouldn't immediately get out of the shower and fucking murder you. Like... With his tip, probably. It's <laughs> <laughs> tip enough. Um, Jesus. <laughs> speaking of, uh, headbangers vary from, uh, uh, from FC very, toys. Which I must say could be very easy to go up the bottom with a roundy head. That's why it's called a headbanger. Um, the variant of a of a hundred and a one out of two hundred and fifty variant uh, with Mosh with his standard variant on his t-shirt. Go figure. Um, the reason for that is because in their 2016 run, the Mosh came out with his BCA figure on his t-shirt. So they've done a variant like this. He uh, he wears it quite a lot for his appearance. I'm, I'm a headbanger fan. Basically, to get, if there's a theme here, I like mid-carders it was basically <laughs> what i used to really enjoy and i was thinking oh they're really underrated and i said about 99 percent of mid-carders even though hey, most of them are I'm probably a, terrible I'm a, I'm a big stevie richards fan so agreed uh, same yeah um but you know it's it's cool but you could have done another variant different face paint that's oftentimes they've wear different face paint it could have been a bit yeah. niche uh, change the skirt up you know go go that way you know make it more but it's cool. It's a little nod, I suppose, right? But well, we've only think... seen the T-shirt so far, so we don't know whether maybe it's gonna be like a little purpley skirt. You know, lovely. It'll be lovely, like, wouldn't it? A lilac one, maybe. Um, I think they're they're always you could use them in Warzone. I think they were like my early go-to for games. One of the headbangers. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe hopefully we get a uh, Beaver Cleavage variant. That'd be lovely. Would love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also teased a sinister minister. Yeah, no, okay. not not the one from round your way, Dan. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that one. Not Reverend John Paul. Um, yeah, well, at least we were something was going on. <laughs> um, I think it's going. Well, rumors there's going to be a BCW figure, um, which I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah, no, I'd like it. I, I wouldn't mind a sinister minister uh, manager. Doesn't fit in with the era. Isn't a big name, but still cool. That's still a cool, like, could be a cool figure. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I meant to say this, but I've definitely seen it, and it is definitely a cool figure. I mean, if you're of that kind of era and you enjoy it, it's a cool one, right? But like you say, how, hey, how it, excited can you get over a manager? If it opens again, I mean, who did he manage in sort of that era? Mortis, yeah. If it opens the to a canyon or a mortis, perfect. Oh yeah, no, give me, give me canyons and mortises till they form everywhere. I yeah, no. He's, he's a weird one because, to my knowledge, like I think there's a lot of people that would love to have a chance at doing a mortis, right? And let's be honest, if it's done right, it'd be one of those figures that would absolutely fly. Yes, but I think there's like weird licensing or not knowing how to get hold of Canyon's estate because we got the micro baller, but I don't know how true this is, but I think they may be skirt under some legalities on certain ones of these, but allegedly these are the opinions of Callum. These are not the opinions of <laughs> <laughs> um no no it, it does in a way because obviously if well say Adam Bomb for example but 
that's why they were more than happy because normally they don't take any risks with that. But and also I know Adam Bomb owns the right to the name Adam Bomb, but um obviously BCW didn't want to put Adam Bomb on their card just in case. And I think uh they can skate under it with this scale because WWE don't make figures in this scale, so maybe it just sort of I wouldn't be inclined to if you can't get a hold of the estate for all the trouble that poor Sean had a few months ago. Yeah, I'm sure they pay them. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that by any means. Um, we're just saying about yeah, the name. Get in touch with someone to pay them before going ahead. Yeah, and th- and that's what I mean. I'm fairly certain. And, and again, this could just be internet hearsay. Like, right, let's be honest. Sometimes someone can write one comment and it spear snowballs, and then suddenly it's gospel in the action figure world, right? But yeah, sure. Um, yeah. You know, you think about it. Epic, I'm sure, would have loved to take a chance at Mortis. You know, Zombie, again, probably would love... But I don't think there would be a single retro company that wouldn't want to take a shot at that. It's It would look amazing. It would probably sell because it's of that niche kind of look that you haven't been able to get anything of that character. And if you have, it has been a micro-brawler, right? And although it was such a small period of time, it is just one of those looks, I think, anyone who is of that era look back on and just think that is probably one of the coolest looks in professional wrestling history well that's my opinion again it would be a must must have um but like just actually just interesting to your point and what i've noticed since and jamie's probably has as well i don't speak for jamie since we started the podcast you know what you said about uh, internet hearsay what i've noticed is sometimes and it's to all account people set up instagram accounts to talk literal shit and it takes legs, like literally set up Instagram accounts to talk literal shit. Doing burner accounts. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, that's the term you're looking for. Uh, look, look, I, I'm not. That's the cartel again. I'm not cool. I'm sexy. That's the difference. Um, but <laughs> the yeah, like and but they they kind of some of them have just been traced back to other companies. <laughs> yeah, I think if you saw this, you probably didn't see this, but um. So someone was like commenting on like some retro oh, names, some retro companies, one of them being um being Chella and Wrestling Trader as well. We can mention those because we know it's not them, but they were commenting on them just like saying things and like slagging the figure off and and just basically saying not very nice things. And then they only like follow a selection of women and then another retro company, and they all had that in common. Um and then when they get called out. They would just delete that account and then stuff. Another one. It was just very strange behavior. But that's it. It's like you almost get the same things with people who support football teams, right? And you notice that with figure lines or wrestling, it's like no matter what this company does or whatever, and they could put literal shit out, there will still be people that will sit there and support that company till the end of time because they believe that that's the the right way to do it, right? And they'll do that weird, crazy stuff, like you say, of creating accounts to try and smear campaign, right? Mm-hmm. We're about the owners doing it, by the way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yes, smear campaign is the correct term. Yes, like some people just put up with an atrocious level of shit. Like uh, yesterday, somebody who is really nice said, "Like, come on, let's give Sal a chance." And I just thought, "Like, what? Why?" Because <laughs> it's funny. Um, we also saw um, from FC Toys the Vlad. Super fan retro. Um, have you have you two seen the documentary? No, and it's it is on the watch list because I know it came on the network at the weekend. Um, all, all I'm gonna say is I watched the first half of it yesterday, and I was like, I watched the first half, and I was like, 
what is this guy getting a figure? Granted, he's in the first row of like the wrestling figure and uh, wrestling events, and he seems to be friends with the superstars and stuff. And then I was chatting to to shoot. He was he was saying how, how good he found it. I was like, I watched half of it. It wasn't that good. Watched the second half today. Honestly, I was I was honestly in tears in the front room. Watch it. It's like such a good story for like the whole thing, and I think it justifies this figure in a way. I know. Watch it and then come back to me or say what you want and then come back. But it is a very good story about someone that basically needs, in a nutshell, he had wrestling and he had his mum. He lost his mum for COVID and he didn't have um, wrestling during COVID. So he said, obviously, he he was suffering quite badly. And then there's a whole story about like when wrestling come back and then how much they welcomed him backstage and they gave him all this stuff. I'm not doing it justice, but just watch the whole the whole thing and then um, have a look and see if this guy deserves some form of of uh, flowers. I guess the term is they use nowadays. I, I yeah no, I'm, I'm, and I tend not to be because so, so, Vlad never was and like was always there, uh, especially on the East Coast. Like, but you know, like so, some fans try to get themselves over, and the, the, especially the kind of cohort from the last twenty years, not Vlad. Not green shirt guy, in fairness. He just seems to just go and enjoy himself. He's not there to get himself over. Um, but there is another cohort of people on social media that seem to have the means to be in the front row a lot and try and get themselves up. Brock Besner guy seems like a fucking head case. Um, but fight me, don't care. Um, but the like at, at some point, like these companies. They have to do something for the fans, and it's not actually a wrestling company that is doing something for the fans, but it's kind of giving something back because they're nothing without these. Because these are the people like Vlad that stick with you through thick, thick and thin. I'd say Vlad has seen some dog shit sitting in the front row, and seen one hundred percent, yeah, yeah, and seen some fantastic moments too. So um, I think I think it's it's a good idea. I wouldn't like to see it proliferate further than Vlad and a couple of others to clear maybe your thing out or any kind of variance or any kind of extra pricing. No, 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 no. But yeah. Do we, do we think Mitch will announce Green Shirt Guy next? You know, he's a fan of niche characters. Mitch won't pay the money for that, though. Well, the, the royalties for Green Shirt. It was just kind of a guy in a green shirt, wouldn't he? He's not there. Okay. <laughs> again, the probably outside... blue, yellow shirt guy. <laughs> Can't, can't find those green pantones. <laughs> he can't find those greens. He's got yellow shirt guy coming soon. Oh, Hasbro didn't have greens. Pull the curtain back for us. So today on Vlad's um, announcement, they put the pantones on. What the hell was going on there? They've also done that um, with some of the bone crushers, I believe. I believe that's just the way they like to kind of present it, right? To try and be a bit more of a concept. Either that or they're just too lazy to take them off to <laughs> to, to show it off, right? It's the same thing they send. I think it's a way of being arty because if you look at the, the, the box style as well, I'm guessing that's not going to be the actual card. It looked like quite a rough background picture and stuff like that. I think it was just their way of trying to be a di- bit different when they show yeah, it off the, the, the Chelsea and Luna cards have actually been quite good like, yeah, and I, I, I'm almost certain and again could be wrong but I think when Major Pods used to show off some of their figures they had the Pantones on it as well in right. some of the concept art as well With so, them, so I work in branding so whenever we send 
a mock-up or a visual to someone, it will have the Pantones in it. It's like a, a standard that it would include it. So more than likely it's because you said they haven't removed them. That's all it would be. Um, all right. Okay. Well, like, why would it be there for someone like me? Like, I, I, I guess it's, it's not, it's not harming anything. So I guess it's rather than removing it, they just left it there. Otherwise it'd be a big, big weird gap. Are you telling okay. me you're not sitting there, Dan, going, oh, yeah, I can really picture this Pantone PC1479. Like, when... It sends the finger to the G-spot. <laughs> I guess maybe it's showing that you're not going to think you're pre-ordering gold and end up with yellow. Yeah, I think that's probably it's a big... Bad, actually, yeah. yeah. It's not actually a bad shot because if you, from early doors, say, oh, is this, is this Pantone? You know, I mean, you can match a Pantone up to the book, can't you? No, no one can get you. No one can get it. That's the color that is. Like, you know, you know and talking talking about different colors of wrestling figures really gets girls to take those pantones off. Oh, um, it's a real moist <laughs> maker. Uh, but yeah, all in all, um, glad for the Vlad. So we'll see. Okay, and I've got to watch the documentary and just been back to it then in the next few weeks because I think very fair. And I, it was on the watch list. And I think also, and I said this about Mitch because given Mitch a lot of shit this week, all deserved, but. He, his timing is always quite good, like when he did the Savio Vega pre-order, when he came back, did the Carlito pre-order, when he came back. So um, to, for Jack, timing, superb. Well done. I mean, that's it in anything, right? If, if you're a smart with business, you strike while the iron's hot, don't you, right? It's, it's the smart move to do because everyone's probably going to be in the same situation like you, Jamie, where you've watched it and gone, Oh my God, I'm so emotional. I need to buy this figure now, you know? Yeah. And then by the time in six months, a year, you get that thing, you're probably going to, it's going to turn up at your door and let's be honest, you're probably looking at, Oh, this is really cool. And then it's going to become an absolute backer in your collection. So that's very fair. Oh, it'll, 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 be, it'll be a giveaway. It won't even be a backer. <laughs> Um, but the I said well, over in the UK, Ash, uh, action figure seller does or sells the FC toys. So uh, actually, I picked up my headbangers this week from him. I also went for the variant, but I think I just prefer the original. So I figured I'd just pick those up. They're still on there. I think they're forty-five quid. Is the variant up on? Um... No. Okay. I'm, I'm no, no. That's what I'm saying. I, I could have waited and picked up the one in two hundred and fifty variant, but I just preferred the look of the original ones. Yeah. So those ones. Um, but I think it was like 45 quid, but then if it's your first order, because I didn't use it on the actual first order I had with them, you get 10% off if you sign up with the email list. So it is, and and he's not been sending me the emails I wanted him to. No, I'm like the Martin Lewis of uh Rest and Figure Collection. I'll say how to Are you allowed to sign up with different names each time to get the 10% off, pretend hey, you're a different collection? Why why not? Grapplers and gimmick style. So yeah, you mentioned earlier, Dan, um, Xavier Vega has arrived as well as the farmers, uh, those big-eared boys on the farm. Um, I think they look like figures. Hang on. If we're going to talk rumour mills again, I'm just, I'm just a massive gossip. I like to just throw out the rumours <laughs> and just let, <laughs> let it start. Let's do it. I read on a popular message board that the colour of Savio Vega's shirt may be the wrong shade of red. Did he put the pantones on the reveal? That's the... <laughs> I uh, I don't know because apparently he showed it off on one of his lives and the red looked quite pale rather than a vibrant like deep red. Um, I think it might have been the lighting, maybe. Right. Um, as I said, we'll see it in hand. Um, before we properly judge it, I'm looking at the thing that Mitch has just put up. Uh, where he t- 
the people have been saying this a lot recently where it's like they have arrived this is oh, i'm doing the voice here they said don't do the voice don't do the voice with another record turn i went to the voice another record turnaround which not true not true zombie oh. said it earlier as well he said that it's unprecedented for a retro company to have a figure in stock before a pre-order goes up ready to ship and it's not just true. It's just not true. We had, I think I gave a list, didn't I? Swoggle. But it's the right thing to do, and we like it. Yeah, I mean. It's fucking invented. <laughs> make up your own records. So, yeah, basically, Crappers and Gimmicks have said that it's a record turnaround from pre-order of Savio Vega, which was Backlash 2023, was the day that that went up. I ordered it July the 2nd. Or Lashback, if you call it. Um... Backlash 2023 was May the 6th, 2023. I'll be interested to see if that figure has some lovely print lines running through it as well. The wonky, I don't want to say. Look, I've done the uh, um, and you're getting the Mabel out. I mean, like again, I don't have these figures, but someone put up some pictures of the Mabel and you could see the swells all in the oh, arm. yeah, yeah, from the 3D print. Do you mean, or do you mean from when they've mm. put a picture? So they, yeah, so they've obviously, like we know, they, they've they've printed that figure and then, like, you know, for example, if I if I have something in hand, there, there'll be, and I don't think this has ever been shown off. But there'll be like marks across the top, for example, where it builds up in layers. And then what you do is you sand it down to get it a smooth finish. And then obviously you if you were to use this as a mold, which you really shouldn't, you should use one without, you would then have a clear finish. But they've clearly just printed that straight out. They've turned it into the mold. So when the mold comes out, you're getting all that. Everything that, yeah, everything that you've um, put in. This was never removed from the card, and you can see a bit of paint lost on his arms. Like, so from touching the card, or what have you. And what does, what does he charge for one of these, his retro figures? Um, no emission were 38 posted. Dollars? Pounds. And what's a zombie? Zombie, 40 Dollars plus postage. Raven was forty five. Oh, yeah, and after all in fair warrants, you're looking at fifty quid. Like, so zombies are fifty, and you're paying thirty eight for a grapplers and gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, 20, that's the... twenty two for an epic, right? Uh, was twenty right. series series two was twenty, um, and Greg was twenty five because Russian Trader were the extra overhead for that. So, I mean. Like, yeah. From a outside perspective, you know, when you you look at, I, I, I wouldn't, and you know, personal opinion, I wouldn't be able to stump up that money for uh, grapplers and gimmicks, knowing that they're done. No, the knowing that corners have, corners have been cut. That they, they're uh, by the fans for the fans, right? Yeah, Vlad, Vlad's Vlad's a massive massive fan of these. By the super fans for the super fans. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, May the sixth was what, one, two, three, four, five, uh, five and a half months. Turn around for that. Um, Swoggle was a day. Hayabusa uh, was a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andre would be a day in the states. Right? Yeah. So I mean, it's just um, turnaround time doesn't mean shit if the 
things go wrong with the figures, which all of Mitch's have had issues so far. So yeah, I mean, you could if you're a chef and someone's asked you for a pizza, and you send them out fucking just dough with undercooked ingredients on the top, and you go, "I got it you in two minutes." Just cook it longer, bruv. Just except except for when you're talking about my lovely lady partner, in which case, then getting there early is fantastic. Yes, the lucky lady. But then again, again, I just sound like a right moaner on this. Apologies, boys. I'm not a moaner. I guess I just sit here from an outside perspective and see some of these things and just sometimes slap my hand on my forehead and think what people did. People accept that they, they, and they don't really care about the quality to them. It's just like I've got an Ahmed Johnson retro figure now, for example, and that's all I care about is the fact it's an Ahmed Johnson. You literally could have sent me, I don't know, an Ahmed Johnson painted in blue trunks with no elbow pads and a fedora hat on and they would have been happy it's an armor johnson buy i'd buy it <laughs> it's 3d printed see yeah and i i'm part of the problem i i continue to i stopped when he started with the hundred and something euro variance but actually what's the last thing that he did though in first mate like it was the immediate last thing that he did yeah yeah no but uh like and he's got the best signings he does he does he gets he gets some good names from from that thing but yeah. Weird, weird one on that because I don't. I, we didn't really cover it last week. I don't think, but obviously he announced whichever one of the Rougeau brothers PCO is. He's ne- neither. He's Pierre Car- Carlolet. He's uh, he's uh, Pierre from the Quebecers. That's the moment. Yeah, Jacques is the Mountie and is Jacques Rougeau, and Ray is Ray Rougeau, who became an interviewer afterwards. And the Rougeau brothers were Jacques and Ray. Thank you. Um, so, PCO, he um, Zombie said he'd signed him, but then I think Mitch announced that he like, signed the Quebecers or something. So, or he had him signed or something, but Mitch, but Zombie had signed to an exclusive deal. Likewise, Power Town signed the Rougeau, Rougeau's very early doors. One of the first signings they made in their Remco style, I believe, was going to be the Rougeau figures. And Power Town, as we know from their early days, they signed exclusive contracts with their talent. Yeah. Yeah, but is this one of those exclusive things where like, I could sign myself exclusively as Callum Fitzpatrick, for example, but then I decided to go to Zombie and I sign myself as CMW Toys? I'm like, loophole. <laughs> You know, Possibly. yeah, yeah, no, because your CMW Toys is a company. Callum Fitzpatrick is a human, like you know. Daniel Bison is a pervert. Yeah. Sorry, that's not what we're listing things. Apologies. But we don't know if it's character specific, right? So all these people might think they've signed the whole the the person, when really they're like, oh, actually, no, we've agreed to let you sign produce X character when I've let Zombie pr- produce Y character. And wrestlers will do that. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. And also, like, if you've got issues around, you need to clear with the with with the the good folks in Stamford, Connecticut. Can you do certain things? There's certain image things. There's certain probably outfits, mannerisms, and stuff. They've won cases on this, up to and including somebody using a Latino style accent uh, on Nitro. They've won the case. So don't like. Be very fucking careful. Clear it with them and have it in writing that it's clear. All right, Dad, calm down. I, 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 I think this this good point. Like I was re- listening to another podcast and they were talking about the epic signing of Bobby the Brain, right? And and Greg 
Greg Valentine, like, oh, they've got legends deals. How are we going to be able to, how are they going to produce them? Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, the most xenophobic not... shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. This... Like, do you not think that was looked into before? Like, I'm I'm sorry, but and and I'm willing to be corrected again. Everything I've seen from Epic that I've done, they use the correct names, the correct points. They don't try and scare around anything by going, "Oh, this guy's smoke train." Like it's all done, I's and T's are, are proper, right? It's it's, it's, it's right. Bits of paper cake can hold up. Going, this is from WWE. Yeah, this is okay. Exactly. Nope. And even, even even to a point where rather than being rhythm and blues, Greg, it's rock and roll, Greg. I mean, yeah, so, so that 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 was, and it was kind of the point of how we started arguing with him and how we ended up on the pod. And he, he is reasonable to talk to, and he is the biggest influencer figure person in the world. Like enough, um, can't won't let me, um, but it's it's an irresponsible use of the platform with things like that. We're not the ones saying to go to Chinese court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a different different. But I think yeah. with um. Obviously, we discussed it before, but with the Bobby deal, it was the, the Legends deal had lapsed. Mm. I shouldn't say, you know, they, they've signed talent that uh, to their Bendy's line that you know is maybe still be under or now under a um, a Legends deal, but at the time, or even a WWE deal, like Johnny Gargano is a prime example. Three figures they produced of him. He's now back with WWE. They signed him when his contract was was not non-existent because he'd been released. He had a kid, they signed a lot of figures, so the zombie still waiting for that, by the way. And then it's taking him back... a while to produce the arms, yeah. The it takes 15 men to roll it out, it's like a fucking subway. Um, and, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, two figures of my least favorite wrestler, one figures, one figure with a card variant, yeah. No, in the hope of getting a card variant, which I won't if he knows it's me, so no, he just, he just shit on it, spit on it, yeah. Zombie <laughs> sold me a fucking scooter. Um, <laughs> um, also, don't mention guns again, please. Uh, Major Bendy's, um, speaking of the devil, Series 6, uh, Maven, Eddie Guerrero, Ali Catch, me neither, and Arn Anderson. Um, I know who Ali Catch is because she didn't show up to an OTT show. So don't blame her. Um, I think she's GCW. I think she was like, yeah. paired with Effie against... Matt Cardona and, and Steph Delanda, so you can relive that um tag match. Mm. Yeah, we might edit her off the bit with bones, we'll see. <laughs> but edit that bit off now we talk about guns. Two lots. Thank you. Um did either of you or both of you or even just me see the AEW mini brawlers are up for up for order? I've tried to steer away from the micro brawlers i have a few of them and i'm one of these people i really like stylized collectibles right and there's someone on the legion of hasbro group who keeps willie wilson i think no good friend willie wilson yeah i've bought a few of him before just a few of the favorite ones and they're up there and i keep getting tempted with a good time on them and these micro ones are another thing they're like you don't need much room for them surely you can just get more of them but then you see like there's a one just a one sting and you're just like mm. I spent some money with Willie on whatever night it was. Uh he loaded them up and I got a few. And my whole microbiota collection has been purchased from Willie essentially. Um I like them. Just like I, your whole love life. Purchased from Willie. I can Willie kissed me on the mouth in London just 
That's so, good. Yeah. You got a willy in your mouth in London. I did. It's it's a fact. His real name is Craig. Yeah, but I prefer Willy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've got. A, it's not really a collection. I've got like a couple. Um, I think everyone and their dad has owned the Tangaloa at some point, haven't they? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's every bundle had a Tangaloa in it. Uh, I got a, they're in heart, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Um, but yeah, I, I got two of them. Um, it worked out like 30, I think probably 30 quid bang on for two delivered because it's just so expensive um, to get them, the mini ones. Yeah, Hopefully you get the one-of-a-kind sting and then you're laughing your way to your bank because they've done it right. They picked a character that's got quite a large fan base behind it. So you know if you're not like hot on sting, you're basically going to get... The micro-brawler fans, to my knowledge, and again, I'm not big into them, so, but I know them, they can be quite ravenous, can't they? Like mm. certain rare ones, like the variants and things, can go for a fair bit of money, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the one of... I think it's a one of 25 brat that goes for quite a lot. Even the... The Owen Hart Foundation one, which wasn't even a chase, I don't think. Even that went for, I guess, for 120, 130. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that's one that I almost got for 20 quid about 18 months ago. I just, just didn't think about it. I don't need that. Now look at me. I wonder that way. Yeah. Bless him. Um, also announced as well during their little stream that they had, uh, where they were opening up some, some micro brawlers uh, and selling them to people that were paying three times the amount of retail for them. I guess you didn't watch that on the whatnot thing, but they were basically just, people were buying them or bidding them and then they were um, just opening them up and, and send them off. And someone was bidding like, someone called like Pork Chop, I think his name was, I don't think that's his real name. But for like $40, sure? <laughs> $40 per one is what he was buying them for. Right. Like, mental, isn't it? But, uh, no, because if if... He was had the intention. You can get loads of microbiomes in your bone. Especially the mini as well, mini ones. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you could like go around with about ten of them and be like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> the one of one sting, just that fucking stung. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially the bat. The we also the, yeah. So they announced a black and white uh, Tony Storm brawler, which is apparently due to come out on Wednesday. That sounds like some, some my bag now. She's really turned everything around. And uh, I bought the Iconics off uh, Willie Wilson. So Ati- Antipodean Brawlers, I'm not a novice. What was that word you just said? I think it's Antipodean. I could be wrong. And if I'm any Australian listeners, I apologize. Antipodean? I could be wrong. Stop. Stop. Edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all you need is the, we need to put the Antipodean. How? Oh. No, that's 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 it's okay for me to talk about putting everything up my bum, but not this for whatever. No, no, Did you say put the tippy in? What's not tippy, tippy. <laughs> or, 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 or tipsy, as Matt Cardona called him last week on the on the show. Did you? <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I have for news. Um, I think I'm all out of all out of news on that. But we uh, we luckily have a wrestling trainer top five that I've got to do last week.
exciting in the top five. Um, in number five, Dan, we don't have the list there, do you? Because it was last week. In number five, we have AEW Supreme Collection Penta. Zero Miedo. <laughs> what? It's such a level of the Chilean miners that were <laughs> stuck down there. Uh, in number four, the uncensored dynamite kid in the blues. There's a chase, maybe. In number three, the NWO retro four pack. It was a set on a ringside, and people just rather than buying it from there, just bought it from Wrestling Trader. In number two, uncensored dynamite kid in the white. Standard version, maybe. And in number one, the uncensored Sabu, which is not far away, probably. Have you painted Sabu? Uh, no, that was. I'll tell you what, and it, this could be a good segue now. So it's almost like you planned this. This went on it. <laughs> it's like you read my mind. Sabu, if I'm, and I think I'm right in saying this, Sabu was the one of the reasons why I messaged. Charles about who did the work for his stuff. I'm almost certain that he announced that, and I was like, "That would be something." Yeah, you know, I'm an ECW fan. Sabu's cool, and to potentially jump forward, that's how I got involved with with Charles. I just kind of reached out of him one day and was like, "And, and this is the thing, right? Naivety is a mad thing, right?" This was when I thought Charles maybe had like four, five, six people on the books. Didn't know how it worked. Didn't know it was him and his other half until they lost fifty percent of the business. Like fifty percent of the staff, should I say? Yeah. Um, and 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 then um, that's kind of what got me there. Like I remember looking at that, and I was like, "Well, who paints your things?" And we started talking, and that's kind of how I ended up. And it's, again, it's one of those ironic things, right? I don't collect retros. It was never really the interest for me to paint the retro. I my customizing or my production of what I do is normally six inch figures, right? I mean, I'd never painted a Hasbro the only Hasbros I had were hand-me-downs for my brothers that's how I got into them and but yeah that's kind of what caused me to do it I really wanted to paint that Sabu so I guess that kind of tells you and this is no thing on the shad box because let's be honest if it weren't for them that would still be sat in a pit somewhere not even looked at but that shows you is same with me and Dan there. same with me and Dan that Sabu was the thing I originally messaged to say look you know, if you need someone to paint that, I'm your boy. Lovely. And he said, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> he said no, but you can paint an Al Snow for me. I was like, well, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> hey, that's how you get a job, squad. That was very good, Jamie. Thank you. I like that. Some of them have to land, Daniel. Some of them, yeah. I, know, I, know, I, I, think, I think since I came on board, a lot more of a Jamie's bunches have landed. I remember listening before, and uh, flashback and hand slip just sandbag him at every opportunity. Now you're starting to realize that it's probably my fault. Yeah, definitely. What, what it, anything that's gone wrong for you <laughs> in, in life is, is my fault. The I reason think... I, the reason I'm bald is probably because I bite my nails. There, I said it. And um, any, any Gary with one hour stories for this week? How's he been? <laughs> not really spoken to to one hard Gary in a while actually. We did um Secret Santa as a family this week. It's October. Get uh, get there early. It's technically it's November when this goes out, so it's is uh sorry, it's, it's November. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so we um November with one hour. Yeah, so we do uh 
we sort of do it early doors because there's so many brothers and sisters and stuff. It's um, yeah, well, not sisters, just brothers. My dad generally, I, I don't know what would happen if he had a girl. Yeah, very much just had boys. Edit that off. <laughs> Why? No. Um, but yeah, all in all, Gary with one art is 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 doing grand. How, how uh, are your parents done? I, I never really delved into it much because there's danger of them listening the other time. I know that they do. Um and my dad's fairly sane. My mom's mental, like, but not really bad mental, just like sort of day-to-day controlling mental. Like, um, I noticed the other day, and you notice stuff when you have kids. Um because like you know the way in October, which was in the past because it's now November, you can get a day where it's like 15 degrees and you can get a day the next day where it's like five degrees and you're like, ah, I'll put a lighter coat on the child today. It's really hard to dress for at the minute. I don't know if it's a bikini yeah. or <laughs> dungarees. Oh. I remember, and I asked my dad about this and he said, you didn't misremember, right? That like it was arbitrary completely that you had to wear like the big coat in November and you would sweat to death some days. And like, and then you had to wear the light coat in September, where you could get a coldy chill. The only wanking stories, Dan, as we were tuning for. Um, in the big no. coat, in the big coat. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, no. Or, um, or the light coat if you're feeling, okay. if you're feeling a bit less agile. Pop the light coat on. When I was, when it's I was been started, a while, I'll put the big coat on. This could go anywhere. For my finals, uh, I was staying at my parents' house. I was like in my mid twenties, and um, like you know when you're studying, you're fucking wanking away, like do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, I used to do it. True yeah. story. I used to have a portable DVD player, and I used to have this really good vantage point where, like, I could watch the scene from Eight Mile where he has sex with Brittany Murphy in the factory, the other bit. Um, which luck- luckily is at the start of the scene, so you can just go back when, like, if you. Haven't finished, but I can see the top of the stairs. Make sure normal's coming, um, and there, so I had a really good, really good vantage point. Wait, 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 wait. Where would you fucking come? Hmm? Where would you come? What do you mean? Like, where did you come? Like, where? I don't know. Where, where did it go? Hand then the toilet. This is taking a turn. Yeah. It's fun to about my mum. Yeah, Spider Man. It. <laughs> There's no tissue or like yeah 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 I mean I was, everything was all prepared. Oh okay. I was okay. saying I had a good it like the series one Hasbro Hulk Hogan was on the side ready to go. Yeah, that was he just stood <laughs> at the top of the stairs and the DVD player like <laughs> I've never I've never wanked with the um the the Hulk the Hulk his bear. Grip, hug. His grip's too wide. Yeah, his yeah. Or of the little <laughs> fing, fingerlings you get nowadays. I'm gonna edit that whole thing off. Um, <laughs> uh, Caleb, we uh, we had a chat earlier, and obviously what we like to do, apart from last week when we had Pablo, and apparently we've probably been perfect for it, is to ask people about their Hall of Fame picks. So, what matches would you want to put into the Hall of Fame? Uh, personal to you, of course. It could be literally anything. <clears throat> so, in true obsessive form. You told me about this yesterday, and I've thought of nothing else since analyzing every single match and possibly thinking of a hundred different ones to potentially speak about. But I suppose I've picked three um, that 
I think one of them is potentially, I would certainly say one of the greatest matches of all time, but I'm biased. I've The second one I've picked is uh, just a real fun match. And it's one I remember from my childhood as being one that I really, really enjoyed. And even nowadays, I'll go back and just think it is done. It's a fun match from a fun period of time in the wrestling. And then the third one's a bit of a different pick. Um, and it was actually something you said to me about what someone else picked that kind of made me think about this and thought it was socially acceptable to take it and there'll be reasons why. So first one, and it's almost fitting for the time of month, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc. I think one thing I have an issue with with wrestling these days is it feels very choreographed. And I know they say wrestling's like a dance, but it's very spot festy, right? And you could argue that lucha wrestling is very spot festy, but I believe it was done in a style and a pace that you didn't feel like it was so planned out, even though it was, if that makes sense. Like the transitions, the smoothness, the way it builds up into different points and the end of how that match happens. And, I mean, and the false finishes, which don't really get a lot of um, praise of what, what, 15 years ahead of its time. Yeah, right. And I think I've gone to death two decades mm-hmm. later, like. Yeah, and you look at some of these moves and the way they went down, and there's a spot, I believe, where Ray like does a backflip off the rope and turns it into the DDT, mm. and you just you just watch it, and you know the way Eddie starts and he's just beating him down, and 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 the way Ray comes out at the end, like the, the part where he tries to rip his mask, it's just it's got good heel moments, it's got the bit where you want to root for the underdog, and it's just done so well, and and it was done at a time when cruiserweights were generally underappreciated right you were going through the stage where eric bischoff was bringing them in and he wanted to unmask them all and they you know the if you go back and read it you know the belief was ray was going to lose his mask in that event that was when the, it was originally going to be planned to happen he didn't want to do it and it turned into him obviously winning the cruiserweight championship so you know ray mysterio no secret is my hulk hogan of wrestling right we all have that one wrestler that when we were kids we saw it and there was that one moment that they became our favorite and we loved them no matter what and for me that was was Rey Mysterio so that's match number one match and what, number what we'll two. point out as well before we move on to match two is just what sticks in my mind more than anything of that match is probably just the outfits in general like you go back and yeah. picture anything like how iconic is Rey Mysterio's attire from that the phantom and, i mean and were, you, were you able to see it at the time because i know we didn't have access to the pay-per-view but like or was it like on the network but you heard all about it and watched it on nitro and watched the stills <laughs> on the and saw on the internet pages like and... i think i got so i had i'm fairly certain it was a, a while after maybe a year or so on a video cassette that yeah. was how i got the match i mean the way i used to watch wrestling was nitro used to be on so it's cartoon network would be on till nine o'clock in the night and it was on a friday right and i was six seven at the time and i'd always end up going up to bed about half eight i'd be put to bed and i'd watch cartoon network till it turned to tnt at nine o'clock right and probably one of the big reasons why i'm a mid-card fan and a fan of these cruiserweights growing up a because the cruiserweights looked cool right as a kid you see these people like i wasn't like the big skies like this it didn't really bother me but like oh man he's wearing a cool mask he looks like a real superhero there's an air of kind of unknown to him and then they were flying around the ring these people were doing stuff that you just they looked like they were they were doing magic right and the other thing is I'd probably fallen asleep 
by like 10 o'clock so i'd only really get to watch like i see like maybe hulk hogan do a promo but then i'd be asleep by the time like the the big guys came out or like i'd watch goldberg squash match in the middle like do you know what i mean so and then most of the time i'd catch up on what happened the previous week by the next week they'd be like oh last week scott hall did this blah 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 so like it was always kind of that way was the thing but i think like anything i think at the time you see things through a kid's eyes, you're just like, wow, this is amazing. But it's actually when you go back and watch something as an adult, you look at people like Triple H, Chris Jericho, I despised them as a kid. I was like, I didn't even want them on my TV. But you go back and look at them as an adult, you're like, you're doing your job right. And I think as I've kind of grown up and you watch more about how the pacing of that match is and like you say, the storytelling behind it and stuff like that, you kind of you see it through a different lens and you kind of garner a new appreciation for it and just realize how great it was and how ahead of its time it was that you look at it now it's basically influenced nxt's kind of wrestling through the time with these more lighter guys and stuff like that and you realize what an impact it has and you know again fanboy here gonna gush over it but i believe when Rey mysterio retires and people will realize just how special of a talent that man was you know conan said it so great in the hall of fame speech this guy was small as anything he was meant to be a midget wrestler he defined the size you know he was to become a giant killer and they have never been able to replicate the way he uh, connects yeah. connect with fans right yeah. how many times have they put any masked wrestler Sin Cara. Out there? <laughs> Ultimo Dragon. Dragon came yeah. in. Yeah, right. I love Ultimo Dragon again. Ultimo Dragon, you know, WCW, great, but you they don't resonate with the fans. But Rey Mysterio somehow, through any generation, being able to connect with fans, even nowadays, right? You still have kids that look at Rey Mysterio. You know, let's be honest, he hasn't done anything fantastic in years. You know, he's US champion and stuff like that, but he's not someone that you would sit on the top of a bill and think he would bring in. But you know, still sells merchandise, still resonates with kids. And I don't think you will get a talent like that. And I don't think you'll realise how much of a talent that has been for 20, 30 years to be able to to keep doing and, that thing. And what's like, yeah. what, what's what's strange for me, for Mysterio, is he got the ECW run from, what, 95 to yeah. or 96, 97? And then you got the WSW run 97 through to Unmasked. 96. 96 through to, yeah, what, 2000, 2001 Mm -hmm. with the filthy animals and so on. And then there's that gap. And then there's just basically a whole character change. And he he bulks up. He comes in. You say this, right? So just jump in. I saw a picture of him, uh, the last Nitro with uh, Billy Kidman when they were the Cruiserweight Tag Champions. Ray was yoked, mate. Like, I looked at this picture of him, I was like, that boy clearly was on some special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But from 95 to 98, no one had seen and no one could do what he did. Paul Hamer brought it into to, to ECW, didn't he? The the extreme death match between him and Psychosis, that, you know, is an, a great match that I did consider talking about here, but, you know, it's just one of those. If you haven't seen it, go on the network and watch Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and ECW. They've done some stuff that at the time had never been seen, and that's why they started to do well, and that's why WCW were like, hey, we're onto something here, and decided to poach them, and he went against Dean Malenko in his first match, right? And 
won people over from there. It was just, yeah. well, I say it's similar to his WWE run where he was brought in, he had his first match with Chavo, I'm right in saying that, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think later on that night, he like interfered in like the main event Jumped scene, the cage. the cage. Yeah. And then he had his match with Kurt Angle and, um, which by the way is still one of my favorite openers of a, of any pay-per-view. Um, SummerSlam? SummerSlam 2002. Lovely. Yeah. Um, but then I think if you look at like his, his initial run, in WWE during the sort of late 2002, early 2003. He didn't win a pay-per-view match until almost a year later, I think. A good chunk. Um, which is, is unprecedented for what is going to be a top star in a few years' time. And then obviously had that breakout moment in 2006. And then you think 2016, he comes back. Oh, 2016, 2018, he comes back for that sort of nostalgia run. And he's still yeah, there. Nostalgia run is... That's what I mean. And yeah, similar... Times and he's on indies and yeah, that's what I mean. He was on, he was on um, the, the all in card. He was on yeah, all in, um, he done that UK tour UK that tour. was run by like the what culture, what culture guys, yeah, and... <laughs> pro wrestling. Remember that you did the battle royals and stuff, and um, and then even then, you sort of think that's that's a veteran right there. And that was what eight, 10 years ago, yeah. And and now he's still hanging, he's still US champion, he's still hanging with Austin Theory, yeah. like in the ring, who's. 20 years is younger so it's, it's crazy trusted with logan paul for the um yeah. crown jewel pay-per-view i mean you know you've got to be a good hand like don't get me wrong logan, logan paul's athletic right and he he's he's come in and done very well and and he's good he's good at doing it but you can't just put him in with eddie tom dick or harry and expect it to be a good match right you you've got to know what you're doing to be trusted in order to be able to go for a match with him exactly and if you look at all the people back then in wcw that Walmart La Parker is a prime example who had that little um little kink or kink, but like a little thing where you come out with a chair, made him quite cool to use in the in the games. Um <laughs> the other word. What's the <laughs> gimmick? Gimmick gimmick would be a term, yeah. And then I like Glacier, who's another person to use. So it's psychosis, Jushin Liger. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all these people, and he was the one that sort of broke out, out of all of those and, and is still going strong now. It was so a giant wrong, killer. Sorry, Daniel. Please, oh, I'll sit here and gush over over Rey Mysterio <laughs> all evening. <laughs> oh no, he was so young. Oh, still, I think he was in his early twenties, late teens. Like he was that so young. Like he was. Like, I couldn't say he was even twenty years old when he was working for Paul Heyman. So, but also like just something for people to remember as well as science and stem cells are class, lads. <laughs> Look into it more. Please research this shit. Look at Rey Mysterio. <laughs> oh, do you remember when WWE let him go? And again, like we took you know, different times, but he looked a bit podgy. And you could see, and people were like, he needs to retire. It's, uh, you know, his, his style looked a bit different and he started to get a bit lazier and like it just doesn't write. And, you know, as a fan, like when, when that time happened and he did let go, I was gutted. I genuinely thought that was probably going to be the last I saw of Rey Mysterio in any kind of major promotion. And now, like you say, like he is still going and he is still on the card. And the fact he won the US Championship, he is not someone who comes back, does one match where he's here to put Joe Bloggs over in one fall and, you know, he's constantly on his back. Like he does the job for people and try and makes and elevates talent, but he's still used in the way that makes you think he is a good enough wrestler to be still hanging around. Oh, yeah. Um, He needed to get a new finisher, I think, earlier. I like the Hurricanrana, but the splash I never liked. 
Yeah, it always changes. The 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 you had the drop of the dime and the West Coast. My favorite was the West, West Coast, Coast pop, pop and yeah. jumped and he did the Hurricanrana and like it was um, bad for his knees. You know, I think I used to use that on WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube where you could. I thought you were going to say you used to do that on a trampoline or something. Nah, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. Um, Big man's got skills. Yeah. (laughs) What's uh, what's second on your list? So second one is, like I said, and and you can probably pull out tons of matches that are better than this one with any of the competitors within this match. But it came at a time for me that when I think back of childhood wrestling, yes, I love WCW, but when that went under, there was another period of time that I really enjoyed, and that was the hardcore championship time in WWF. I think it was fun. It was different. You know, it had the 24-7 space. And Raven was always, coincidentally, one of my other enjoyments in that kind of realm. And the WrestleMania 17 match between mm-hmm. Raven, <laughs> Kane, and Undertaker. Uh, sorry, Big Show, not Undertaker. Raven, Kane, and Big Show. It's just fun. It's what summed up that period of hardcore wrestling well. You've got Raven coming down. You just knew from the get-go he was going to be the punching bag through the whole bit. You know, barely stays in the ring. There's the part where they go out back and he gets in the shopping cart and he tries to run him over and they try and lock Big Show, I think, in the or Kane in the bit. It's just fun from start to through Windows finish. and all sorts. Yeah, of Raven things. gets launched through the window. And it's just, again, it's one of those ones that... You know, you could put out so many Raven, Diamond Dallas Page, and Benoit at uh, Slamboree, I think it is 99 or whatever. You know, another hardcore match, great match, great wrestlers, stuff like that. You know, the Raven, Tommy Dreamer feed, Ray, the, the Kane and Undertaker. You can pull out a match that is technically better for every single one of those, and you'd be well when you're up. But this is my Hall of Fame, right? And there is not a match that comes to mind that was as fun as that for me as a kid and like even to the point with my wrestling figures i remember when jacks bought out that window prop box like just a window um stage and then like a push through window the amount of times i reenacted <laughs> like wrestlers getting thrown and at the time you're like oh my god how's he not died you know what i mean again like it just... i get that i get that there's a wrestling figure workshop selling a barber shop that you can put like your marty Gennetti through with your Shawn michaels and I'm about four or five years older than you. And uh, like I sat there looking at like hovering over and going eighty dollars, like, no, I better not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that match is like some of those ones where because Kane was near the top of the card already. Big show was yeah. well, I think he was just back from development. So yeah, and obviously Raven was there as well. So the three of them fighting for a title which is normally like a, a lower mid-card belt yeah. um, on possibly the best WrestleMania of all time. Um, and it's... What are you shaking your head for, Danny? It's, it's got to be up there. X7? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that was just a fun match. It broke the card up lovely. Yeah. I think um, if you look, you had what, Flair... A Triple Flair H, Taker, Triple H Taker. Um, shortly after, um, and yeah, it, it just broke the card up absolutely lovely. And I think it was just deserved its spot. There's also like the facts where like Raven almost shut the whole power down. Yeah, the whole the golf cart. It was like an cool. inch away from a wire or something. Yeah, the referees jumped on the back of the golf cart, and it was just it was just a fun a fun all round match. And that's it, like, and this is the thing, right? Everyone talks about technically great wrestling and, oh, this person's the best wrestler because they're technically good. And we forget that it's just meant to be fun. Like, 
the way let's be honest right as an adult when someone goes oh you like wrestling and they kind of give you that like dubious look i like it as being like a pantomime or a live action film i say like the avengers are fake but people will pay millions to produce films and watch that but this is like a real live action stunt show right and that really was for that match it was fun it was men beating each other up and it just was like you say a great way to kind of break up the card and it was and the commentating team, Paul Heyman and Jim Ross, I think for that time, absolutely perfect. Mm. I think he's sort of under underappreciated during the, the invasion angle and, and that sort of era was was how good Paul Heyman was on commentary. Agreed, and how well he worked with with Jim with Ross. JR, yeah, because um, I think anything from like just back in ECW and WCW, which is perfect from his end. I think um, I see Jim Ross had another good commentator, and uh, I think Lawler didn't come back for another year or so, did he? But you, you know, you, you forget that that wasn't the first time Paul Heyman and JR worked together because they worked with each other in the late 80s through WCW, right? Because you had Paulie Dangerously at the time, and JR was working within WCW, and it was a very different dynamic to that. And it's like you say, they, they worked so well together that overexcited Paul Heyman, the almost passive aggressive, the, you know, just trying to purposely rub him the wrong way with the built in knowledge and the WWF flag of JR. Like mm. it just, it worked so well for a flat invasion angle because the invasion angle from a childhood perspective should have possibly been the greatest thing to ever happen to wrestling. You had yeah. the three biggest companies coming together to, you know, all your favourites should have been there, right? Like, and it just kind of fell flat from the get-go when you didn't have the likes of Sting arrive or Goldberg oh, or Hogan. And, you and felt, everywhere, yeah. yeah, right. You felt like it was almost the B team was was there. And that's no disrespect. I love Diamond Dallas Page. I love Booker T. You know, again, we talk about the mid-carders. I loved Sean O'Hare. I loved all, you know, Chuck Palumbo, all those guys that come through, right? But... If you if you have a, a football team and and you're going to want the likes of Ronaldo or Messi or you know go back to Beckham right and you, if you don't have them in your team you always feel like it's a potentially bit of a, a disappointment that's kind of what happened with the invasion and the fact that it just kind of petered out after one event and you know yeah I think it was the good versus bad dynamic again wasn't it obviously ECW WCW seen as bad of the hills and anyone that had a face turn or a heel turn would just switch teams basically. Yeah. Was... Yeah, I know that the even the night ECW became involved, it was it I watched that episode of Raw relatively recently. I thought, oh great, oh, this is gonna be cool. They're gonna, they're presumably going to hate WCW more mm. and their team by the end of the evening. And it's like honestly now, especially in hindsight, fuck off. Especially you test. I see you test your piece of shit. <laughs> um, what's number three on your card? Is it a test match? It, coincidentally, it was. It's from uh, when WWF or WWE relaunched ECW and they did the December to oh, December yeah. paper. <laughs> I watch that. Hardcore Holly. Yeah, the, the ECW Elimination Chamber with Hardcore Holly to test. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley yeah. Not, not one ECW wrestler because Sabu got taken out, didn't he? Yeah. The match was I think he was replaced with Hardcore Holly. Yeah, what an ECW alumni. No, so, okay, so the third match, um, it was what you said, like I said, about the house show match that really got me thinking about this one. And I'm 33 going on 34 years old, and to sound, if there is any people under the age of 
that if you listen to this podcast, when you get older, you get a bit cynical and you kind of lose the joy in a lot of things, right? We've watched wrestling for X amount of years. It's very rare that you kind of get that feeling back of being a child and just literally have a moment of being an Um When Money in the Bank came over, I decided to push the boat out and splurge to get like ringside seats for the SmackDown and for 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 um for, for Money in the Bank and it's you know it was a lot more money than I probably should really have spent but you don't really know how short life is until certain things can actually happen and put things into perspective right and my other half got me back into wrestling you know I fell out of love with it we started watching it together she kind of sees it through new eyes and I've been able to re kind of fall in love with certain things and I've only got to see Rey Mysterio once in my time and that was when we went to a house show a while ago and he was there and I was far back and the event had come to the end and we just seen Smackdown and AJ Styles had just had a fight with Karrion Cross. and if you've been to an event typically you only get one dark match yeah I was, I, was, I was at that event so yeah <laughs> right yeah. so <laughs> me and the missus I was like come on let's go we're coming back here tomorrow start walking so she's like you sure there's, there's no other matches or anything I was like no I've been to enough of these events now you get one dark match game over see you later you get sent home happy I've walked on the bit to to go to the toilet and I'm standing there having a wee and I've just heard my missus going, Callum, Ray Mysterio. I was like, what? Because like, obviously I knew he went advertised for the car and I've seen his heard his music. I've literally ran back to ringside. Fuck out. And... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> <brain> everywhere. <laughs> um, and, I, and I've ran back to ringside and the people in front of us had cleared and I got to watch the reason I love wrestling from front row an event I didn't think he was gonna be at and I just stood there watching this match in just pure it didn't it didn't matter it was just against Austin Theory right it didn't matter anything it wasn't as but I got to see the my childhood hero from that close up unexpectedly and it just reminded me about everything about why I love wrestling so much because for that five minutes and he got the win as well right so for that five minutes or whatever it was there was just the world was just right after some pretty shit times I had in my personal life and it just kind of resonated as to what being a wrestling fan is about that for a period of time you can literally just stop the world right when you're there in that moment it doesn't matter what's going on for five minutes you were just absorbed the people everyone was around you it's a big arena it was just there There will never be the only thing that came close to that was again it must be just luck of having a piss I went for a piss at money in the bank and I thought I heard an advert going on and John Cena's music starts playing <laughs> and it was actually John Cena coming out about to yeah. run back out. and again John Cena was like one I cast as a white whale that I never thought I'd see live because he was big when I wasn't really going live so to me that there will never be be another moment I think quite like that where I was met with a surprise it was so unexpected he got a win and like you say it just it, it just reminded me of that childhood I almost felt like that first time I remember seeing his mask as a kid and being like wow this guy is just so cool and like, I'm six foot three six foot three and a half and he's probably half my height but still when I looked at that point he was the biggest guy in the arena do you know what I mean yeah, we um, also me and me and Adam went to uh, the same two shows. So, I think it was like, advertised like the week after it'd be on SmackDown, Karen Cross versus AJ Styles, and Austin mm-hmm. Theory versus 
Seamus. Oh, that's a Seamus, that was it, mm. because he beat Ridge Holland that night, didn't he, on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it was advertised that, and you had the first AJ Styles, Karen Cross, and Austin Theory come out and cut a promo, didn't he? And then mm-hmm. Ray come down, which... So we weren't expecting it. It was we didn't know who it was going to be. We thought it'd probably be Sheamus and it'll be a DQ exactly. finish. And you know, it's it's sort of like it's like ordering a ham sandwich and going give him bacon. It's that sort of you know what I mean. And um I think yeah, because you know he's he's one on the list to watch before you die is Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Um I think I caught Cena very early in his career live, um, like in a house show in 2005 where uh main event was Taker versus Kurt Angle, which was lovely, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Rey Mysterio seeing him live and you don't expect to completely agree. It's just one of those things where you just can't really, even now, like I'll, I'll, I'll do some parcels. I'll do some things like, to send out. I'd sit there and put on WrestleMania 10 or something just in the background while some packaging things up. And then sometimes you just like catch the screen for what you think is a minute. And then before you know, you've just been sat down watching wrestling for half an hour. So I mean, yeah. you can just, you can just take it all in, which is something that I couldn't do with anything else you put in front of me wrestling is one of those things right the amount of people that like people will turn around they'll, they'll be like oh, i'm going to watch wrestling with a kid or like people at my old work would get wrestling tickets through from wwe right as and they'll be like oh, i'm gonna go watch it they might have watched it when it was like they'll be like oh do you remember brutus the barber beefcake and Bret yeah. hart right yeah we, we, we've a bit past up there and they'll go to it live and they'll be like that was absolutely unreal and there oh. is this certain thing about there's a change of it when you're there like seeing at that money in the bank seeing roman reigns get pinned and the place blowing up mm. and just everything like that pay-per-view like to, to like getting a bit like goosebumpy like just from watching it like the thought of being there and actually sit and think about that how that could there's, as a fan, there's not anything like it. I mean, I'm a football fan. You know, I'll go watch West Ham and, you know, they're shit. We, we don't win very often, but when we win, even that's not comparable to... You won a trophy last year. <laughs> against a bunch of plumbers, yeah. European plumbers, right? Um, but Mario. You know, Super Mario was there, was <laughs> And Luigi. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there is a certain thing that if you are a wrestling fan and you are lucky enough to be able to see your favourite live you i don't think you'll ever be able to match that kind of feeling of all these hungry people being in the same arena just absolutely loving what's in front of them like like take logan paul right the absolute hatred logan paul got through those two events and everyone just in absolute unison there's there's nothing quite like it it's almost cannibalistic it was like the the high of the la night just before yeah, yeah, because obviously I think like even before when you were in the ridiculous queue to get into the the shop, which is people people were shouting, yeah, which come annoying after a while, but you do you. Um, but it was just the absolute highest since this music hit both nights. It was just apoplectic yeah. in here. But even like Cody Rhodes, like I'm not a massive Cody fan. Like, I, I think it's really cool the way he's come along now. And like, it's funny how like, you know, everyone's like, the Cody train is great, you know, whatever. Like they, they hated him in AW, but now he's the greatest thing. You know, I'm not, but even the arena for that against him and Dom, like that match was so fun live. We talk about like not great technical matches, like Dom uh, playing the cowardly heel. And it was just. The crowd made that. Because watching it on TV, it was like, oh, Cody against Dom, sure, who cares? And it was so much fun to watch because of the crowd's reaction to Cody and Dom, in fairness. 
like Cody had a moment. Like I always talk about, like when Edge returned, right, and he realised like his face was like, oh shit, when he was like <laughs> came out that first time, to, like everyone going off there, like not him. Cody has a moment like that coming out at Money in the Bank. If you actually look at him in his eyes, there is a moment he's like, oh shit, this is like yeah. big time. Do you know what I mean? You can't beat a European crowd. You just cannot beat it. I think it's just that we don't get it as much because you watch. Oh, we got yeah. two next year, mate. Yeah, we bash in Berlin and Rugrats in Paris or whatever the other one is. We get three, all in as well, and all in. So yeah, we'll be three next year. Yeah, I didn't go to AEW, so I don't really know what the um. It was brilliant, but it's it's Wembley. This is just for me. I I should have got better seats. Friends of mine that were closer to the action, like would have had similar experiences to you and Money in the Bank. To be honest. I really enjoyed the shit out of it. But as someone spoiled who'd go to shows with 2,000 people and follow the stories and stuff and be like as close as I am to you guys on camera now, uh, it's not that it was a letdown. I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed meeting people, but it was just so far away. The atmosphere was something else, something that, like I'm going next year. Yeah. I'm going to spend the money. We'll get the uh, shad bolts to pay for it. Instantly. Get the shad bolts to pay for it. That's a business trip. Yeah, my right. regret <laughs> for that because I'm not a big AEW fan. Like, I'm I don't have any issues with AEW. I know some of the wrestlers in there. Like there are guys within that I enjoy. Blah blah blah. I'm not one of them to be like, oh, WWE is the best AEW shit, and only like that. I just I can only watch minimal wrestling. Rest WWE is easily accessible for me. I watch it with yeah. other half. She knows the guys. It's more fun that way, right? Yeah. But I regret not going for Sting. And you know when you sit there as a fan yeah. and you're like. I should have done that. But... Uh, I saw Sting lose the world title in Dublin in 1993. Um, and, you know, Gary Michael Capello was the announcer. And it was a, this is Sting. I know he had the Seek and Destroy music. I know Tony paid for it or whatever. And that was cool because, you know, you wouldn't have been able to be awake for that. But that's what he used for a lot of main events and Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. That was goosebumps straight away. But then when... Um, Justin Roberts did this is staying. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it. Like, yeah. yeah so, uh, and I was seven and I'm 37. Like, do you know what I mean? So, I, I watched it at home and I think I got pissed. So, none of that. And a mutual friend of ours was like in the third row or second row going, I got a text saying I'd ordered the pay per view. <laughs> you have it. It's me at home. <laughs> That's it, Daniel. You know, that moment you just said about Sting, where you said you saw him in seven and then you saw him at that AEW and you, you had that feeling. That is exactly the same feeling I'm saying that Rey Mysterio had. And there is nothing that you'll get that is even remotely close to that. Like we talk about chasing the hit of nostalgia. You know, that's the exact same reason why I still buy wrestling figures of characters that have not been in a wrestling ring in 20 plus years. And you know, my whole collection is essentially, it's funny, right? I grew up in the Jacks era and I sit there and think like, I remember the classic superstars line came out and they'll be like, I don't know, just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, Pat Patterson or no, Gerald Briscoe or whatever, a figure of him when he was in his wrestling trunks. I'd be like, as a kid, I was like, who the hell wants a Gerald Briscoe figure? And there were people on the message boards like, oh man, give me this odd guy from NWA in the 70s. I'm like, who's, who's buying this? 
Yeah. And now all these years later, I look at myself and I'm like, Mattel That's released you. six <laughs> figures. And they'll be like, all right, there's not one single person in there from the 90s. This is a terrible line. And I'm like, I've become that person. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, and the same, I remember like, because we're the same age. So like, we're going to Asda and they had like the new series. And I was like, get in, there's a Jamie Noble figure. And like picking it up, and then and then the classic superstars like Hillbilly Jim or something. I was like, yeah, oh, junkyard dog, like yeah, but like, but yeah, it's weird looking back at it now. Like that, that is literally us looking back at twenty years ago or whatever it is, and saying this Scott Steiner figure I'm playing with it. Like I remember the Jax figure coming out of it, Bad Blood, thing like that. three. Yeah, that's you know test. what I mean. Like, yeah. that's twenty years test. ago. <laughs> <laughs> test of things. I just wanted to get a test reference. That's twenty yeah, years yeah. ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, and let's be honest, I can't imagine as many. Although saying that, people have more access to wrestling easier now than they did when back then. Like we talked about how I watched Halloween Havoc. It was on a tra- tape that got traded to me. Right, kids nowadays can go onto YouTube and find Bruiser Brody matches, or I find they're a lot more clued up than I certainly was as a kid. Yes. 100%. You can go on YouTube and type in Rumble 92 and it gives you the full match. Well, exactly. Fair if you did that. Yeah. Um, but it's weird to think like 20 years ago, 2003, 20 years before that was 1983. So as you said, like if someone someone 20 years ago finding a Terry Funk figure in, in the shop and going like, yes, Terry Funk. And you're like, what? And then now if we go to Smith's and we're like, yes, a Karma Mustafa. They're like... What? <laughs> the UK and Europe is a little bit different to America because it didn't bar Haystacks, Daddy, etc. and local shows and they wouldn't have had much merch. American wrestling didn't proliferate at all before the early 80s. Like, we we, we couldn't know who any of those people are. That's, uh, imagine if Zombie Sailor had his way, that's what he'd be doing. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my friend. Um, that brings us to a so we're close, we've done your, your three Hall of Fame matches there. We've mentioned Test more times than anyone has in 20 years. I saw a, a vignette of him recently, and I want to say it's at No Way Out 2003, and not Test the person, Test the character, not the person, did a sex assault, basically. on um, Stacey uh, Keebler. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, that wouldn't fly nowadays. I think that was Backlash 2003, lack, or Lack Bash, whatever you called it earlier. Um, Flashback 2003, because um, that's when the Stacey Keebler test Scott Steiner storyline started. Um, yeah. And my right. wife, one of my early figures I got was a two pack. I say early, I was like 13 in Woolworths. It was the Stacey Keebler, the stripy one that come with test with the adrenaline shots. series four or something, or that's around that time. Yeah. It was a definitely an adrenaline ring across the top. Like we talked about, just to kind of tie in some other themes through this, we brought back up testing the ecw return was massive mm. like i don't think these days and this is the thing like we, 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 if you go back and look at the attitude era and stuff like that just how big some of those wrestlers were like could you imagine stacking some of these guys and again i'm, I'm not one of these people like oh, adam cole's too skinny to be a wrestler I don't care if you can perform and do a match there's a ray fan size don't matter right but the size of some of these guys, I think you actually forget how big these wrestlers were. Like, even through the 80s, right, when everyone's sticking steroids in themselves and doing stuff like that, these guys were massive. Like, I think that's missing for wrestling. We need more massive guys. Bring back, like, the Batistas and 
you know, even Brock Lesnar needs bigger people to. What about Mark Henry? Yeah, bending frying pans <laughs> with his hands. Definitely. Um, well, that brings us to a close. Well, we um, have discussed Test more than we needed to, and Mark Henry now. Um, but Callum, thanks for your uh, for your time. Appreciate it. Do I mean, we, I think. Yeah. Do we have a pro wrestling T store yet? No, they're they updating the website, so they can't add any more stores now for a month. But we'll update you when we do. <laughs> the No Homer Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you in a bit.